0: Welcome to the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, where we'll postulate the survivalist movement and tear open the condition that is a prepper mindset. We'll talk about gear, guns, packs, and kits, and everything in between. We can uncork our favorite bottle of conspiracy theories and enjoy that Kool-Aid together. So post up with me, I am your host, Camo Key. But first, we rock! This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and I'm your host, Tamil Keith. We want to welcome all of you for joining us tonight. For questions and comments on show topics, past or future, contact us at shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, so don't be shy. Reach out to us anytime, shtf at offgridtx.com. Please visit the Off Grid Texas website and let us help you find the right path to preparedness. And as always, the OGTX team thanks you for your support. Visit the site by going to OffGridTX.com. That's OffGridTX.com. Preppers, survivalists, off gridders homesteaders, and the like. Thank you guys so much for being part of the show this evening. I hope everyone's doing great, staying healthy, happy, and prepped. My prepper brothers and sisters, we're going to talk about firearms tonight. We have to, and not that I mind at all, but we must. It states it in the intro to the show, so we have no choice. Plus, we've been catching some crap from a few of our listeners about not having enough firearms content on the show. Here's the thing. Prepping and firearms go hand in hand, literally, in the U.S. Many of our international listeners, that is, prepper survivalists from outside the U.S., may not fully understand this concept this connection we have between prepping and guns and it may surprise many of you i kind of agree with them yeah i do i want to talk to y'all about that but first as usual some prepper news to keep you informed First up in news, the U.S. presidential election is growing closer by the day. We can count on our fingers and toes the remaining days left until the final votes are counted and we either continue to make America and the world great again or, well, the other thing happens. Many Americans have already casted their early votes, including Rhonda and I, and the excitement is building. Meanwhile, the presidential candidates have engaged in debates. And in predictable left-wing form and fashion, the debate monitors continue to launch hardball questions at President Trump while gently tossing puffballs to sleepy Joe Biden. But that's okay, because Americans, by and large, love to see their president tackle the hard questions. One after another, after another, President Trump answered their questions distinctly and proudly, as any world leader should. What many Americans didn't appreciate was the disrespectful and hateful way one such moderator treated President Trump. In what was supposed to be a town hall meeting with the president answering questions from the town hall attendees, quickly turned into Savannah Guthrie's own personal agenda to get good reviews from her media friends and the Trump-hating media. Take a listen.
1: NBC fake news did their best to just ambush President Trump at tonight's town hall. Uh, he pretty much debated Savannah Guthrie, and what we all witnessed was not journalism. It was a political debate with the morning host of the Today Show serving as, well, Joe Biden's surrogate, and it didn't really work out well for her. Questions, topics, tactics, all reeking of nothing but pure political bias. Of course, in the first few minutes, the president was once again asked... For the 400 millionth time, to repeat what he has said over and over again to condemn white supremacy.
2: You were asked point blank to denounce white supremacy. In the moment, you didn't. You asked some follow up questions, who specifically? A couple of days later, on a different show, well, you, you, you denounced white supremacy. No, My question to you is You've done this to why me and it seem like I denounced white supremacy, okay? You did I denounced white supremacy for years. But you always do it. You always start off with a wow. question. You didn't ask Joe Biden whether or not he denounces Antifa. I watched him on the same basic show with Lester Holt, and he was asking questions like Biden was a child. Well, well so th- this so is a little are you bit ready? of a dodge. Are, are you listening? I denounce white supremacy. OK. What's your next question? Do you feel, it feels sometimes you're hesitant to do so, like you wait a Here beat. we go again. Every time, in fact, my people came, I'm sure they'll ask you the white supremacy question. I denounce white supremacy.
1: Savannah, you need to get out of the New York liberal, elitist, out of touch bubble that you're living in. And maybe you read some other news or take a step outside the far left enclave that is Conspiracy TV, MSNBC, DNC. And needless to say, this event, which was billed as a town hall, was nothing more than a contentious political debate with Guthrie interrupting the president again and again and again, all in the name of fairness. Take a look.
2: I felt really good. Did the doctors ever tell you that they saw pneumonia on your lung scans? No, but they
1: said the lungs are, you
2: know, a little bit different, a little bit uh, perhaps infected. And uh, Infected you know, with? I don't know. I tested positive. Well, let's talk about testing because sure. there's a little bit of, a, I guess, confusion about this. I had no problem before. Did you test the day afterwards. of the debate? You can't let this continue to go on with the lockdowns. Well, most and I of the believe states- that cities that are run by Democrats who don't right, know what they're doing. While we're denouncing, let me ask you about QAnon. I know nothing about QAnon.
1: I just told you. I know you. very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. I hate to say that. You think that Biden is receiving the same treatment over at ABC? Of course not.
0: NBC's rude and contemptuous anchorwoman, Savannah Guthrie, denied American voters from both sides of the aisle. Our chance to hear the president respond to questions from the general public, which is the sole purpose of these town hall meetings. She continually cut him off while he was speaking. She asked President Trump over 40 questions while only taking 10 questions from the audience. Way to go, Guthrie. Your professionalism is mind boggling. We won't even play any clips from the Joe Biden's town hall meeting with uh, George Stepanopoulos. Uh, Honestly, it just put most viewers to sleep in my humble opinion. That's going to be it for Prepper News. Tonight, we discuss the American Prepper Survivalist Firearm Mindset. Why are guns so damn important to the American Preppers? And more importantly, how do we navigate the confusing maze that is the world of firearms? And how do we choose the guns that are right for each of us? Let's do this. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show and I'm your host, Camel Keith. If you have any questions or comments on show topics past or future, contact us through Facebook at Off Grid Texas or email us at shtf at offgridtx.com. My Prepper brothers and sisters, we got an important show for you guys tonight. We'll try to keep it as fun and entertaining as we can, but let's face it, talking about firearms can be all kinds of boring to a lot of people. And the way I see it, Within the prepper world, there are three categories we preppers fall into when discussing firearms for prepping. Now, I'd be willing to bet that all of you listening right now, including me, can relate to at least one of these types. The three types would be the know-it-all shooters, those who don't understand shooting, and those who can't afford shooting. First, there's the know-it-all types. Now, I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay, I I really don't. We should all look to... More experienced, more talented, and trained individuals for whatever it is we're trying to learn about, especially if we plan to master that skill. These are the highly opinionated shooters and gunners who have no issues telling you exactly what you should be shooting and how you should be shooting it. These folks generally have the highest quality firearms, spending thousands of dollars on equipment and ammo. And you can find them pretty much everywhere on YouTube channels, uh, blog sites, forums, discussing and arguing with each other about everything. From the best firearm manufacturers and ammunition to kit configurations and twist rates. Look, I love shooting. I love firearms. In fact, I love any activity where you use a set of tools to get a projectile from point A to point B. A lot of us do. That's why a lot of us play golf and billiards and darts. These activities stem from the same passion. But I just have a hard time following these conversations. I really do. I get bored real quick. No pun intended. And many years ago, I played a lot of golf. I don't anymore. It's been a long time. And I remember a saying that we had, when we were standing there, about to tee off. Just swing the thing. Now, to me, the phrase had deep meaning because I didn't need high-tech Um, you know, graphite clubs with space age engineering and that perfect swing form, you know what we're talking about. You've seen this. Anybody who's played golf knows exactly what I'm talking about. Just give me a set of old irons and a steel driver and let me swing the thing. That's kind of how I look at the conversation with these know-it-alls. In shooting, exacting specifications and perfection are needed, okay, when you're involved in like competition shooting competition matches and if that's what you're into then that's awesome and we should all do the things we enjoy doing for sure as for me when it comes to firearms for prepping and survival and this is just my opinion none of that matters it's all just a load of shit now that's the first category we can fall into for those who don't understand shooting okay maybe a few of you are fearful of firearms maybe they make you nervous You may even feel that shooting guns is above your capabilities or outside your comfort level. Well, that's okay. First, let me say that not everyone is meant to carry a gun. Most people are. Most people possess the mentality to be taught how to properly use a firearm. Most people have the sensibilities to safely carry a firearm. Now, let's be honest. The everyday average human being, um, most of the reasonably sane people of the world, have absolutely no idea how they would react if put in a situation where they were forced to pull their firearm and actually shoot somebody. Now, all that fearlessness and heroism, it only exists on the big screen, folks. Okay, John Wick would be no fun to watch if he got nervous every time he drew his gun. It's just in movies. For me personally, I spent years forcing myself not to own firearms. I wasn't ready. I was way too immature, way too angry to safely carry firearms in public. I wasn't raised around firearms. My dad had some shotguns, I think, and we got to shoot them once or twice, if my memory serves me. By no means were we an anti-gun family, not at all. So I didn't really have a lot of knowledge of firearms. Before I bought my first gun, I spent a year researching firearms. Seriously. I read hundreds of firearm-related articles. I watched every single episode of Hitchcock 45, some more than once. And I reviewed and researched every single firearm that I was interested in. I started buying 9mm, twenty-two long rifle, and 12-gauge ammunition uh, six months before I even purchased my first set of guns. That's right. I started buying ammo before I even bought one. I knew exactly what I was going to get. And if you're interested in what those first set of guns were, they were the Mossberg uh, Maverick 12-gauge pump-action shotgun, And a Glock 17 9mm full-size pistol. It's funny, I used to think people were crazy owning Glocks. Because they have no external safety switch. They have three internal mechanical safeties. Uh, They call this the, hold on, what is it called? The safe action system, I believe. I couldn't imagine carrying a firearm without a safety engaged. Okay, But after all my research and learning, my mind was changed. Now, I exclusively carry Glock pistols as my EDC, my everyday carry. In fact, I believe that all beginner shooters should start with a Glock. That's just my opinion, of course, but that's what I believe. So those who fall into the I-just-can't-afford-to-buy-firearms category, don't sweat it, okay? Yes, guns can be expensive, very expensive, but they can also be cheap. There are lots of alternatives if you do some research, and we're going to help you with that. And many of you can't own firearms because of your geological location. I get it. So why do American preppers include guns in their preps? You've all heard the reputation that American preppers have. We're all a bunch of gun-toting Second Amendment freaks, right? They would be at least half right. The Second Amendment of the American Constitution is the key here. Modern-day American preppers, almost all of us, get into prepping out of fear of a collapse of our society it doesn't matter what initiates the collapse from economic collapses to pandemics world wars and nuclear wars and even uh, catastrophic natural disasters like um, i don't know super volcanoes and meteor impacts yeah y'all remember chelyabinsk 2013 right it happened it can happen it will again happen No matter what the catalyst is, the fall of society type of NRL SHTF event creates a world where we will need to defend ourselves with deadly force. It's a fact. In most of these events, except a cataclysm maybe, the governments of the world will invoke a semi-permanent, open-ended martial law lockdown. That's why most people get into prepping. It's this lockdown that we worry about. It's this control that the government will have over us that made us get into prepping, for the most part. Ask any prepper. It will be politically backed, it will involve an agenda, and it will be tyrannical in nature. This is undoubtedly part of every American prepper's mindset right from the start. In most cases, it's why we started prepping. Those governments will have guns. The only way to be a successful resistance is with guns. Historically, when a government wants to control its people, they start by taking away their guns, their weapons. That's the way it goes, historically speaking. And this is where we get to the Second Amendment. It reads, listen carefully, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm going to read it again. Listen closely. Every word counts. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, most Americans think that the Second Amendment is an American mindset. It's an American thing. It came from America. They would be wrong. Okay, the origin of the second amendment can be traced all the way back to the ancient Romans, believe it or not. Okay, but for today's purposes, let's just start with the English. Okay, it's English origins began in the late 16th century with Queen Elizabeth I. Now, she instituted a national militia in which individuals of all classes were required by law to take part to defend the realm. Now, although Elizabeth's attempts to establish this Militia, this national militia, it failed miserably. The ideology of the militia lived on in the hearts and minds of the English people. Now, keep in mind, folks, we Americans back then in the 16th century were English. We were the English. Okay? We weren't Americans yet. This militia mindset would be used as a political tool up until at least the mid 18th century. Okay, and even to today it kind of is. Okay, the the English Civil Wars and the revolutions that, that they had back in the I guess the late 1600s, they were fought in part at least because of this issue of malicious. It was part of it. Okay, and I'm not going to act like I understand all of what's going on. This is just things that I've read and researched, okay? Uh, this is why preppers from other countries are less excited about owning firearms. Don't get me wrong. Firearms are popular all over the world. Okay. But for our discussion tonight, American preppers and firearms go hand in hand because of our origins, because of our long held belief deep within our hearts in the need to remain equals with the ones who will rule us. That's what it comes down to. Okay. Did you get that? Let that sink in for a minute. We don't have to fight our government. We don't have to call on our well-regulated militia we won't be forced to fend off our rulers our weapons that we keep give us power and that power keeps us equal and balanced and that balance keeps us safe it keeps us happy prosperous Whether you're just starting out in prepping or maybe you feel like you need to go back to the Prepper Survivalist Drawing Board, Off Grid Texas is here to help. Go visit the Offgrid Texas website. There's plenty of Prepper Survivalist content for you to enjoy, absorb, and share with your friends and fellow Preppers. You can thumb through the Prepper blog pages for some in-depth, encouraging, and fun reads from within the Prepper Survivalist community. Did you know that you can even listen to this podcast, the OGTX Prepper Survivalist show, right there on the Offgrid Texas website. We've even created a page called OGTX Prepper Porn which is a place where Prepper Survivalist vloggers of all levels can showcase their video content and spread the word of preparedness. The OGTX Prepper porn page is a great place to visit and enjoy the Prepper Survivalist community with anyone, anywhere, anytime, from one convenient location. While you're visiting the Off Grid Texas website, we ask you to please head to the OGTX shop and have a look around our survival gear and swag. Our quality merch is offered to you at incredibly discounted prices, and is our way of expanding the prepper community by helping folks get started and accomplishing their preparedness goals without breaking the bank. And it's your way to help support our team in bringing you informative, entertaining, and progressive quality content for years to come. Please visit us at offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.
2: AK 47, the very best there is when you absolutely positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitutes. Being this is a 44 bagging the most powerful handgun in the world and will blow your head clean off. Say hello to my little friend! The fourth gauge autoloader.
0: That's Italian. Pump or oil. The 45 long longslide with laser sighting. It's a brand new, we
2: just got the metal. That's a good gun. Just as the trigger the beam comes on and you put the red dot where you want the bomb wow. you can't miss.
0: Anything else? Phase plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. just hey, what you see, pal. Wow. Uzi 9mm your weapons buddy one of these is ideal for home defense
2: so uh what shall it be oh okay so what do you need so it's a miracle guns lots of guns guns lots of guns why don't you think in Buck? you're thinking that he fired six shots mm-hmm. guns lots of I feel lucky. Guns. Lots of guns. What do you, punk? I'm
0: your huckleberry. Guns. Lots of guns. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Couldn't help but notice, you're trespassing. You're ejecting a lot of shells there. You're not going to have any left to shoot. It's like the 12th shell danger. I've seen like 36 shells go through. Do you have any left in there? Take this! Is that even a real gun? There's like zero recoil to that gun. All right. Dude, how many shells do you have in that gun? I got 57 more goddamn rounds in this four-round magazine. Guns. Lots of guns. I'm your huckin' Say
2: hello to my little friend! Guns. Lots of guns.
0: I'm your huckin' Say hello
2: to my little friend!
0: Guns. Lots of guns. I'm your Say hello to my guns. Lots of guns. I'm your
2: Say hello to my This is the AK 47 assault rifle, the preferred weapon of your enemy. And it makes a distinctive sound when fired at you, so remember it. Get yourself a block and lose that nickel plated system. Mr.
0: My Prepper brothers and sisters. Thank you for sticking with us through the mid-show break. Tonight, we're talking about the firearms prepper mindset. Why American preppers feel the need to stock up on as much firepower and ammo as humanly possible to feel adequately prepped. I am for sure one of those preppers, but I don't necessarily agree with the other side of this survival coin. There are these prepper survivalists out there, many of them in prepper groups. Some call themselves militia groups, and they would be wrong. They're not using the word militia correctly. They're just not. These are the folks who think that all they need to survive is weapons or as Neo would say, guns, lots of guns. Okay. Or they're the type that drastically unbalances their preps with mostly guns and ammo. Maybe 80% weapons, 20%, you know, other preps, for example, this is a huge mistake, a huge mistake, you cannot survive on guns alone. You cannot eat ammo. They're probably thinking that they can hunt for all their food with their firearms. That's what they're going to use the guns for, okay? most likely. You, know, you must be outside of your mind. This doesn't even work if you are in the most protein-abundant landscape okay, with no other people around to compete with. You can't live on protein alone. You need dairy and vegetables. You need grains along with your meat to survive healthy long-term. You cannot survive a long-term, grid-down, NRL, SHTF lifestyle without proper, complete, balanced nutrition. You just can't. There are no medical facilities, hospitals, doctor-prescribed medicines. You've got limited personal hygiene. The days will be long. The nights will be sleepless. Your mind and body will be struggling with the unbalanced, inconsistent sleep schedules. That's the reality of this. The best-dressed, best-prepped, Best equipped, most experienced survivalists will find this life challenging. Clean water, a balanced nutrition, and being trained and practiced in grid-down SHTF increases your odds of long-term survival. Guns and ammo alone give you none of that. The only other scenario that involves firearms as your sole prep is if you plan to rob, steal, or kill for other people's preps. Now, in which case, you're not a prepper. You're not a prepper survivalist. You're a marauder. In fact, you're a real piece of shit. And you shouldn't be listening to my show. You're not invited to the party. You'll get no invitation to sit at the grown-up's table. Not going to happen. Out Walkney will be your own personal hell if you plan on being a marauder. I've heard people say it. Okay, And that's another fallacy that gets wrongly delivered by the survival genre movies and shows. That we watch on TV. The marauders in real life. They don't survive long term. In these movies and shows. You got to remember that they need to make these survivors. Stand out as being like you know. Kind and good hearted people. They're willing to help anybody. And uh, taking in lost souls. That come their way. You know but that's not reality. In real life. Survivors who are attacked by marauders. And thieves don't ask questions. They don't try negotiating with them. Okay, they don't try converting them. They don't catch them and throw them in those homemade jails that you see. They just take them out. They get rid of them. Gone. It's a dirty job, but it'll get done. if you're planning to be a marauder in a grid-down SHTF situation, you will be given no quarter. That's the reality of it. It's not going to happen. We need firearms and other deadly weapons to supplement our preps to survive an NRL SHTF situation. They don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be top of the line. Okay. Yes, you want quality. You want them to be uh, trustworthy. You want them to be dependable. But they can be affordable to all budgets. And you guys know me by now. Okay. You should all know what firearms I prefer to keep with my preps. Let's go over it again for those of you who are new to the show. Okay. There are three firearms that are absolutely necessary to long term off grid survival. I add a fourth firearm to my list, and I'll explain why I have that opinion in a minute. I keep the following firearms in my prepper gear. First, 12-gauge shotgun, semi-auto, magazine-fed, modern sporting rifle design. This is a combat-ready shotgun. That's what I prefer. Need a rifle, chambered in 22 long rifle, semi-auto, magazine-fed. Again, my preference. Need a pistol, chambered in 9mm, semi-auto, minimum 10-round magazine. And fourth, you need a long gun, rifle chambered in .223 5.56, semi-auto, minimum 30-round magazine. Now, unfortunately, many of our listeners live in states that limit magazines to 10 rounds. Okay, here in Texas, they treat us like grown-ups, so we don't have to worry about being under-equipped. I'll say one more thing about the .223 5.56 rifle. This is a small bore 22-caliber round. The large bore 30-caliber is a far better rifle choice. However, the 30 caliber round is very expensive, and I'm not sure how easy it would be to find and acquire 30 caliber ammunition in a grid down SHGF landscape. People will hold on to this ammo like it's gold, less likely to barter with it. The 223 556 is widely available and should be an easy item to barter and locate. It's as simple as that. That's why we picked the 223 556. If I can have only one firearm to choose from as my Tiatwaki weapon, that's uh, the end of the world as we know it. That's what Walkie stands for, by the way, in case you don't know. My one weapon. In other words, if, if I only got to choose one, it would definitely be the scattergun. It would be the 12-gauge shotgun. Again, preferably a semi-auto, magazine-fed shotgun. This firearm can shoot slugs, which are solid-core, single-projectile rounds designed to travel fast, straight, and long. Standard slugs can reach targets as far as 100 yards out. Me, personally, I like the rifled sabo slugs. Okay, they can reach targets over 150 yards out. And they pack a serious punch. Great for hunting large game like deer and elk. Okay. The shotgun is a great utility firearm. Locked doors, padlocks, and even small uh, personal safes like gun safes. Okay, they're no match. Open it right up. That's what you need. And as far as self-defense and home protection... Uh, it's a no-brainer. Okay, the stopping power of the 12-gauge shotgun is phenomenal. For those of you who may not know, a shotgun shell is filled with multiple pellet-like BBs. Okay, they call this shot. That's why it's called the shotgun. Now, this shot tends to spread out as they travel towards the target. It gets wider and wider. The spread of the shot means that you can be less accurate with your aim, especially at shorter distances. If you're confronted by multiple attackers. You stand a better chance landing shots and stopping the attack. That's the reason why I prefer modern semi auto magazine fed scatter guns, okay? It's as my go to prepper gun. Because as fast as you can pull the trigger, you're throwing lead downrange. In just a few seconds, you can fill an entire room with deadly shot. Another advantage to using a shotgun for home defense is lowering the chances of friendlies getting hit in other rooms in the home. The standard wall in most modern homes has two layers of half-inch thick sheetrock. Sometimes there's insulation between the sheetrock. But with or without insulation in between the sheets, tests have shown that shot pellets are significantly slowed down and in some cases even stopped by these walls. If you shoot a high-powered rifle in your home, well, you're an idiot, okay? But... If you shoot a rifle in your home, like an AR-15, chambered in 223556, or the far more powerful AK-47 30 caliber, that bullet, especially the 30 caliber, will travel through multiple walls, possibly even exiting your home and entering the home next door. That's a bad thing. Do not shoot one inside your house. They have YouTube videos showing this in action. I watched a video where they tested shooting a rifle at a wall in an apartment a standard American style apartment flat with multiple units in a row. And you know what I'm talking about. The bullet, the round went straight through three of the homes, three of the apartments stopping in the furthest outer wall of the third apartment. That's a long way to go. I owned a house years ago, uh, that backed up to a private forest here in Texas. Uh, we were in the kitchen cooking, for a 4th of July party. I think it was a 4th of July party uh, that we were having later on that night. Uh, I remember going out for, I think, fireworks or something. And then I came back. And when I came into the house, I walked into the master bedroom and nobody was in there. And I found sheetrock dust and debris all over the bed. At first, I thought maybe the ceiling had cracked you or something like that. You know, dropping the white dust onto the bed. But I couldn't find any cracks. Then I found the culprit. There was a small hole in the wall at the head of the bed, just a few feet up on the wall, which was the outside wall of the house that led to the backyard. I realized instantly that I was looking at a bullet hole. So I began searching around. I was looking around for the bullet, you know, and I found it embedded in the sheetrock on the inside wall of the closet. Okay. Parts of the bullet still had green stains on it from where it hit leaves when it was going through the, when it was traveling, you know, through the, through the forest. Now this bullet was fired from a rifle it traveled through the woods across a 50 yard wide creek that was back there through my backyard into the vinyl siding of the outer wall okay the rest of my house by the way was brick the only section of my house that had a vinyl was this tiny little section where the master bedroom was it went through that it went through the insulation and the sheetrock it went through the bedroom taking a path three feet above the bed straight through the closet wall through one of my t shirts that was hanging in the closet and finally stopped in the sheetrock at the back of the closet. What's really scary? My infant son at the time was sleeping in his crib directly on the other side of the closet wall in the next room. He was just inches away from the bullet. Now, he was a few feet lower than where the bullet had hit, but that's way too close for comfort. Rifle rounds do a lot of damage. Okay, they go a long distance. Got to be really, really careful. Never, ever shoot a rifle inside your home unless you have absolutely no choice in the matter. Okay, Consider the walls of your home invisible when it comes to shooting a rifle. Really, any gun. A fully trained shooter always looks past their target. They know what's beyond their target. Your target and everything beyond your target must be considered before firing a gun. Now, those of you who have had proper firearms training you know this rule this is nothing new to you now let's quickly talk about price points on these firearms and ammo uh if i mention a particular firearm or ammo manufacturer by the way it's it's to be used as a reference only okay with the exception of the glock pistol i'm not favorable to any other brand names i'm, I'm really not okay um i'm a big fan of most glocks and i do have a few other brands that i i like in firearms but not really not worth mentioning Uh, there is a wide variety of quality firearms that are out there. So you do your research, and when you're going to buy a gun, you should always test it out first, shoot it, go to a uh, shooting range and and actually shoot the gun. All shooters have their favorites, okay? So don't let them push you into anything. Uh, You should always do your own research before pulling the trigger, pun intended. First, let's talk about the first gun a Prepper survivalist should acquire. First gun, okay, that would be the 12-gauge pump-action shotgun. My first firearm was a Mossberg Maverick 88 12-gauge pump-action uh, shotgun. And it still remains my number one choice for a first-time gun. It does. I, I tell everybody who's going to buy their first gun, it should be a Mossberg Maverick 88 12-gauge pump-action shotgun. This shotgun will run you just around 200 bucks. I think they're down to like 180 right now. I'm not really sure. In fact, I'm not really sure about all these prices. I'm just kind of guesstimating the the average price for for most of these guns I want to tell you about. Uh, But it's very affordable for most preppers out there. Now, if you can't afford $200 for your first prepper gun, first order of business for you, as far as prepping is concerned, is find ways to raise your income. That should be your first prep. Most people spend $200 on pizza and fast food every month. Here's a thought. Eat ramen noodles every other night for a month and use the savings to get your first prepper gun. Done. First prepper gun in the bag. Okay, so the 12 gauge ammo that you'll need for this this gun is extremely cheap. It's sold everywhere, just about. I found double lot buckshot at Walmart for as low as 15 cents per round. That is extremely low. On average, you'll pay around 22 to 25 cents per round, which is which is great. That's reasonable. That's pretty cheap. Other 12 gauge shotguns to consider. I got this list directly from the NRA Shooting Illustrated website. I've looked them over. I know these guns. They're all solid quality firearms. They're under just under or around 200 bucks, so that that's you know well within the budget. First, there's the Interstate Arms Hawk Model 982. It's about 140 bucks. There's the ATI MB3R pump, 120 bucks. LSI Escort Aim Guard pump, 130 bucks. There's the Harrington and Richardson. Partner pump protector. Now I don't know this gun. They run about 175 bucks. Now I don't know that, that gun. I also don't know the next one. It's a Dickinson XX3B-2 commando pump. And it looks badass. I did not check the reviews on it. Uh, in fact, none of these I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that I checked the reviews on, but I know a lot of these guns. That one there is 189 bucks. The Dickinson uh, XX3B2 commando pump. Then there's the Stevens 320 security pump. It's about two hundred ten bucks. Now I know that we went a little over. It's you know two hundred ten bucks, but let me tell you something. This one's got a pistol grip. It's very tactical. It's very cool. I'm probably going to pick one of these up. Now next we're going to talk about 22 rifles. There are many, many manufacturers of 22 rifles. Okay, but none get more attention than the Ruger 10-22. I'm sure most of y'all listening out there who are shooters know I was going to say that. There isn't a single shooter listening right now to this show that doesn't know of the Ruger Ten Twenty Two rifle. Many of you probably own it. This is a tried and true go-to twenty-two caliber rifle that's fifty years in the making, at least. Probably more than fifty years. Okay, it's built to last. It's incredibly accurate, highly customizable, uh, and it comes in many variations. Honestly, it's it's crazy what you can do to this gun. You can, you can customize this thing out the Wazoo. It's crazy. Um, the base level Ruger 1022 Carbine model will run you about 309 bucks. That is a very decent price for this gun. If really for any really good 22 rifle, it's a great price. But in my opinion, the Ruger 1022 takedown version of this rifle is awesome. It easily comes apart in half and can be transported in a backpack. Or, you know, another small bag or kit. The takedown version costs $440. It's a lot more. It is. But man, it's really cool. It's I think it's worth every penny. Uh, the semi automatic Ruger 1022 comes with a 10 round magazine and fire 22 long rifle rim fire ammunition, which is different than center fire ammo. And we could talk about what rim fire ammo is, you know, another time, not not tonight. Uh, here are some other 22 caliber rifles to consider as your prepper gun. You got the Remington Model 597, semi auto, 200 bucks. Marlin Model 795, semi auto, 190 bucks. The Mossberg 702 Plinkster, love that gun. It's a semi auto, it's 130 bucks. Rossi RS22, semi auto, about 150 bucks. And the Savage Arms Model 64F. And they run from about $140 to about $365. There's lots of versions of this gun, and they've got a takedown version. Just like the Ruger 1022 takedown. It costs $249. Very, very cool gun. Now let's talk about pistols. You know that I'm partial to Glock brand pistols. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, Glock handguns are safe, they're tough, they're self-defense ready in any situation. They are a striker-fired handgun, okay, which means there is no hammer. And this makes for a very smooth, clean, simple operation. They can run with just about any type of ammo. They can run dirty. And without all the external bells and whistles that other guns have, they are the simplest handgun to operate, arguably. There is a reason why most law enforcement officers in the U.S. carry Glock handguns. Reliability, durability, accuracy, safety. But they can be pricey, for beginners at least. For beginner shooters, they can be pricey. Uh, the Gen 3s and 4s run between 350 and 450 dollars, while the Gen 5s they're definitely going to be 600 or above. Okay, I have all generations of Glocks, and honestly, I can't tell much of a difference. I, you can a little bit in the uh, recoil because some of the uh, I think it's the Gen 4 and 5s. Uh, those generations have um, have an extra recoil spring, so I think you can feel a little bit, but really not that much. In my opinion, it's it's really not that much. My opinion is that every shooter's first handgun should be a Glock 19 compact semi-automatic pistol, chambered in 9mm. I'll say it again. It's the Glock 19 compact semi-auto pistol, chambered in 9mm Glock. That's the first gun you should get, in my opinion. Um, Other notables, uh, all chambered 9mm, of course, and all semi-automatic. We got the Ruger LC9S, uh, which I believe is discontinued, but you can still find it everywhere. Uh, the MSRP on that is $530. dollars uh, we got the Smith & Wesson M&P Shield. Excellent gun. Love it. It's from $350 to around $450, depending on what you get. Uh, the Kimber Micro 9 is $540. I don't know this gun. To me, it looks a little small. definitely pretty. That's for sure. I know Kimber makes really great guns. So $540, it can be yours. Uh, Walther, also another great manufacturer. Walther PPQ. outstanding firearm the Springfield Armory XDS uh, I believe there's also an XDM probably around the same price they're about 400 bucks I've shot both of these firearms really nice I like them a lot and the Sig Sauer P320 that's around 500 bucks I've shot that gun really smooth very nice firearm so now let's talk about the two-two-three-five-five-six rifle now, there are many versions and styles of rifles that shoot 0223 .556. We're going to be talking about the modern sporting rifle. Okay, you all know it as an AR-15. Okay, the AR-15 platform, we'll call it that. Now, in my opinion, it is a great prepper survivalist firearm. It is. Now, if you're getting confused about the ammunition, the .223, .556, why we say that, let's clear that up right now. Now, I won't get into specifics because it'll take us all day. Now you'll notice we keep saying .223, 556 when discussing this rifle. Now this is all you need to know right here in a nutshell. While both the .223 Remington round and the 5.56 NATO round are virtually the same size and shape, the 5.56 NATO round is loaded to a significantly higher pressure than the .223. The 5.56 rounds are significantly higher in price as well. Now, there are other factors, but it's not necessary really for us to go into it today. Okay, so It'll just take too long. Shooting 5.56 rounds through a .223 only chamber okay, can result in malfunctions. It can result in damage to the firearm, and you can be injured. Okay, The user can be injured. I've heard of them actually blowing up the barrel. So, simply remember this. If you're going to buy an AR rifle, an AR-15, Make sure it's chambered in 5.56 NATO. It'll say on it, 5.56 NATO slash .223 Remington. Okay, or it might just say 5.56 NATO. That's the one that you want. Okay, this way you can shoot both .223 and 5.56 ammo through it safely. If you get a rifle only chambered in .223, you cannot use 5.56. Again, you cannot shoot 5.56 through a .223 only chambered rifle. Now, we preppers use .223 ammunition to practice with because it's cheaper. It's cheaper to buy, okay? Uh, But we load our rifles with 5.56 NATO when we need them locked and loaded and ready for action. I hope that makes sense. Here are a few notable AR-15 rifles to consider for your prepper needs. A few of these I know and a few of them I don't know. I've shot a couple of them, and uh, I think these prices are pretty close right now to what they are. Uh, they're not in any order at all, and I don't have any favorites. Uh, maybe I have one favorite, but I won't. I won't say it. Um, you got the Bushmaster XM15 under seven hundred bucks. Palmetto State Arms Freedom Carbine six hundred bucks. Ruger AR five five six six hundred and fifty bucks. Adams Arms Agency. 600 bucks. Rock River Arms has a LAR 15 Rage, that's spelled R R A G E, 650 bucks. There's the DPMS Oracle, 600 bucks, Diamondback DB15, 500 bucks, Smith & Wesson M&P 15 Sport 2, 800 bucks. I do like that gun. Stag Arms makes a Stag 15 M4 for $875. Very nice gun Own that one as well. Uh, they also make Stag Arms also makes a tactical version of that gun as well. I think it's about $950, something like that. Uh, but like I said, you can get a reasonably priced modern sporting rifle, you know, for right around the $500, dollars $700 range. Now, that may be hard to come up with right away, but you can save for that. Okay, you should save for that. You're going to have to save anyway for your firearms. Again, the first one should be that 12-gauge pump-action shotgun, preferably the Mossberg Maverick 88. You will not be disappointed. Great gun. Check out the reviews on YouTube. You'll love it. My prepper brothers and sisters, my apologies to any of you that have geographical and political challenges when it comes to keeping and bearing firearms. Keep in mind that you almost always have the choice to relocate. Okay, we got plenty of room for all of y'all down here or up here in Texas. We'd love to have you join us. Come on down. Prepping is accomplished through educating yourself, being rigorous with your training, planning for the unimaginable, and balancing your preps to consider all your needs. Survival is accomplished through effective use of all that knowledge and experience. The prepper mindset dictates... That the right firearms be a supplement to our preps and not our main means of survival. Stay prepped, stay happy. Thanks for listening and good night. The OGTX team would like to thank all of you for being here with us tonight. Send your questions, comments, show ideas, and thoughts to shtf at offgridtx.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, good, bad, or indifferent. shtf at offgridtx.com. Visit our site at offgridtx.com. That's offgridtx.com. I am Camel Keith. This is the OGTX Prepper Survivalist Show, and we are Off Grid, Texas. Prepping. Surviving. Living. Thriving.